Welcome to Try Not to Overthink It, where we explore the intricate landscape of mental health, well-being, and everyday life. I'm RJ. I'm I'm Khalil. Join us as we dive into insightful conversations, expert perspectives, and personal stories that shed light on the various dimensions of mental wellness. Rather, you're seeking guidance, inspiration, or a deeper understanding of of the human mind. This podcast is your safe space to engage, learn, and navigate the journey to a happier and healthier self. So today, I wanted to talk about taking the time to heal. For a lot of us, especially as you matriculate through the different phases of your life, we all experience different traumas, different struggles, different trials, and different tribulations. And we navigate into that next phase of life without necessarily always taking the time to kind of heal and to reprocess and recalibrate. And I thought it was important for us to kind of talk about that today. So for me, Personally, I am of the mindset that everyone should always take the time to heal. Now, we've all kind of heard that that saying, that cliche of time heals all wounds. Um, some cases, that is true. In some cases, not so much. Um, but I definitely think that for a lot of us, we tend to see things in, you know, from the standpoint of instant gratification and just instead of taking the time to process and instead of taking the time to understand why we went through what we went through and try to recover from it, we just move on into something else without really taking that time. What do you guys think? I am definitely of the notion of processing, giving you time to process. Um, and I, I mean, I think that even with some fears, and I think that's a lot better with using my tears a lot of them to be more cathartic in nature and not just kind of frustration stuff. I mm-hmm. don't see anything wrong with that. But I think sometimes there are better ways to work through that. But I definitely think that there is a timeline um for processing through loss. I, I won't say grief, right? <clears throat> but I definitely say loss. I don't think that grief is only relegated to death. I think grief can be any substantial loss. Right. But some losses, every loss, whether it's a grief, uh, like a serious loss or a smaller loss, I do think that there's a time frame, and which is called the grieving period of a loss. Mm-hmm. I think that we do have to give room for the grieving period. Yes. And that's all the process. You said it earlier. Um, we We look at things you know, in, in their um, immediate impact on us, right? In a certain viewpoint, and, and it's always subjective because it just happened. It's something that happened immediately and you're going to look at it from a different perspective later on in life once you start to really grasp what happened to you, right? Uh, people get in relationships um, and, and they lose somebody who's close to them. That person moves away. They break up, whatever the case is. Um, and it's like you said, it's just not death person doesn't always have to pass on for it to be some form of loss or some grief behind the relationship. And and I, I don't want to relegate this just the relationship. This could be you losing a job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? We're 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 um we have this tendency where it's not just about relationships, it's jobs. Um I've crashed a car before. But then your car, I lost my car that I have for I couldn't get to work. Many years. Yeah, it was very depressing. I couldn't get to work. I had to hop on the bus. I had to do a lot of things that I didn't want to do 
um, and it stretched me out a little bit of some growth of the growth process. Um, I, had to, I had to humble myself, ask for rides and do all sorts of things. So um, the way I looked at that situation at that time, it was pretty devastating in the immediate. Um, and that goes for anything that can happen to you that can make you feel as if, um, you know, you've suffered some sort of loss. Uh, and, and for there's always some trauma, uh, traumatic uh, event that would preclude that. Right. So um, a breakup. I wanted to get back to that when you're really close with somebody and then uh, all of a sudden the relationship breaks apart. Uh, we have a tendency to always look for someone or something to blame to explain it so it can help us compartmentalize right sometimes it it, it was just that yep that time it had to expire but mm-hmm. still someone to blame there has to be a catalyst there has to be something and and i think that's exhausting for people and that can really influence like i said our perception on it and, and it can get uh get in our heads and we're looking for this thing to explain it to us we need to be able to explain this instead of just um, looking at it objectively and saying, hey, look, you know what? Um, this didn't work out and I need to take time to heal. It, it did affect me. Um, and I don't need to look for an answer on why it didn't work out, right? And why it didn't go my way or the way I thought it was going to go. Um, because that right there, anytime I put expectations on other people, I always get let down. Um and, and I, I really like people to avoid that when I'm meeting with clients and I hear all these expectations they're putting on people. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what if that doesn't work out? What are we going to do then? How are we going to pick up the pieces and move forward? I think that for for most people where, where it has to start, <laughs> I think that for most people where it has to start is recognizing the need for for healing. You know, the first step to recovery is acknowledging that, hey, I need to heal. Um, for a lot of us, we don't necessarily, we just, we sometimes overlook that healing can take different forms. Mm-hmm. Um, and even like what you, what, what both of you guys out alluded to is the fact that, you know, we all go through, you know, the, the, the loss or the, the grief that's associated with the loss. And if you don't take the time to you know, recognize that you need to heal. It, it, it doesn't make whatever you went through go away. It doesn't make what you went through any easier to cope with or to deal with um, because you didn't, you didn't acknowledge that it existed. Just by ignoring it doesn't mean that it goes away. And I think that for a lot of us, we get into that mindset of out of sight, out of mind. I just move on. And one of the things like, one of the, one of the things like I remember I dated this one girl when I was in graduate school and her way of getting over a relationship was starting a new one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I was just like, that's just not healthy. You know, the adage of the way you get over somebody is get under somebody or get on top of somebody. That that's just don't work. The grenade. But, you know, how, how adaptive is that in other facets of your life when you it's just. Sustain- it's not a thing. It's not sustainable. It's it's not it, like you said, it's not sustainable. And, and I think that it causes a bigger problem for yourself later on down the line, because there's going to be something else that comes up that you're going to have to understand and recover from. But because you never learned it or never utilized it before, you're not going to know how to do it later. I think that also something that is important is self-compassion, 
being able mm. to give yourself a little grace and mercy. Um, right. For some of us, we, myself included, this is what I suffer from, you know, you know, majorly, is I'm very critical of myself as a, as an artist, as a creator, as somebody that loves to create things. I will like I have those drawings of my coworkers in my office. Like a lot of people, like you know, oh my god, those look so great. Not understanding like the effort that went into making them. Like yeah, like that particular draft may not have taken me that long, but I may have drawn that same that same sketch like five or six times. You know, and I wasn't satisfied with those five or six drafts, so I just kept restarting until I was satisfied with this overall product. And so, being overly critical of yourself, you don't always give yourself that grace and mercy to be able to acknowledge where you could have been better, where, you know, you may have contributed to certain things or, you know, why certain things came up and you didn't recognize that this was a problem because you're being overly critical and you're not giving yourself that, that compassion. Yeah, I definitely would agree with that. Um, I've said it before. You cannot expect to make $20 decisions with a $2 budget. Right. If if I only had two dollars, I'm gonna make a decision based on the resources at hand. My mother used to always say, "Make the best decision with what's in front of you, and you'll never have any regrets." That doesn't mean that you're always gonna be satisfied with the decision you made later when you have more knowledge. But you can confidently say, "I made the best decision with what was in front of me." Mm-hmm. And I, and I think that when you do that, some a part of that healing process can begin without the guilt. I think mm-hmm. guilt is the enemy of healing and health because when you sit in guilt, you're not being you're not critically looking at all of the other factors that played a part in there. Like what part of right. this was mine to bear? What part of this was someone else's? What part of the situation? And I'm thinking of like, which is how we interact with people, whether it's a breakup, loss of a job, loss of some property, there's always more than one person involved, unless it was just you and, and you torched it. Okay. Uh-huh. And there's something else to consider. Like, right. why did I torch it? Maybe there was something in my past that led me to this thought process that this is the way to handle this situation. And I did, I still made the best decision with what was in front of me um, when it talks about the grieving process i think a lot of it is yes number one identifying um that there's some healing but i think even a step further is identifying that i was hurt mm-hmm. you don't yeah. give enough credit to that especially you hear mental love you know feelings i don't got time for feelings but right. feelings are important and everyone has them and so being able to acknowledge my feelings were invested in this situation there was a level of attachment and the expectations were not met and therefore i was affected by that right whether i was let down um usually if you're hurt having a hurt feeling it's because your expectation was not met and so there's some hurt that is attached and i think being able to acknowledge hey i did have something invested in this and you didn't make good on that investment. Right. And now it might be causing me to want to pull away from you. Mm-hmm. I think that's fair to say and necessary to, to reassess. Like, I 
I'm no longer able to engage with you at the level that I once did because of the change in how I view our investment or my investment in this space, right? When you do that, it allows you to, one, not take ownership of full blame of whatever the situation was. And I'm thinking, I mean, even the death of a loved one, a lot of people in the stages of grief, there is that bargaining. Bargaining, right. Oh, this is my fault. If I did this differently, if I had done this, if I had done this, if I had done that, well, there's sometimes nothing more that you could have done. You could have done everything different, and the result still would have been that, right? Loss of a job, loss of a of of some property, whether it's a vehicle or house or something. You could have paid all the bills on time, and the car still would have got crashed. You could have took a different route, and the car still wouldn't have been able to drive. You could have been the best girlfriend, the best boyfriend, and the partner still would have broke up with you or still would have disappointed you. Excuse me. I don't say that from a cynical place. I say that from a life place. Because Mm -hmm. we are all individuals, we all have the power of choice. People are going to make choices that you do not have control over. And so at some point, there is going to be a level of hurt. But that's not for you to own 100%. It's for you to say, okay, hurt was had what's the, my next step how do i want to deal with the hurt i can acknowledge it i can bury it i can take ownership of it i can excuse it mm-hmm. right there are several things we can do with our hurt but once you know what how you want to process the hurt there then begins the healing process but even if you want to bury it if you're burying it that's still a part of the healing process for some mm-hmm. people you're right. circumventing actual healing, but it is a part I, of the process. I want to speak to that. Unique, you said something about people really um, showing some indifference about mm-hmm. certain circumstances that happen in their life, and they act like, well, it didn't matter, or it, they don't care. And so you're not acknowledging your real feelings behind that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, to me, and that's a defense mechanism. Uh, indifference is a defense mechanism, right? But um, you know, during my time, I've seen that it's almost, uh, I see that in a lot of men during my time as working as a clinician. I see it in a lot of men. And then when we finally get to the bottom, uh, I had a client and we were talking about his, his, his mom. His mom was, um, you know, um, a substance abuser. She drank a lot. And there were certain things she did. And he said, man, I just shoved it down. I just shoved it down. I really didn't want to acknowledge some of the things that she had done. Um, and, and, you know, the relationship really did not get any better the older he got. And, um, he was able to kind of forgive her and, and go through that healing process once he acknowledged how he felt about how she treated him. Um, she, he, he was speaking to her getting remarried and then favoring the stepdad more than him and like, you know, just really not, um, valuing him. She never, he didn't feel like he was valued in, in the relationship. So, you know, talking to him about that, he said there was a level of like indifference. Well, I don't really care. I don't, I, I don't want to talk about my mom. I want to talk about that. Um, and then the older he got, he realized he had this resentment. And so in order to get healing, like you said, you've got to be able to name that feeling. Yeah. You've got to be able to accept that that's how you feel. This thing happened and we need to process. And people have, especially, I'm not going to say it's cultural, but um, I remember growing up. After my dad left, you know, my mom, she was one of those people, like, she had to use what she had. My grandmother stepped in 
he had to help take care of me and my sister. And, you know, basically my sister was a little bit older. So it was like, hey, we got to move on. There was no time to grieve that my father, I was four or whatever, you know, there's no time to grieve that he was out of the picture. And I remember like her just having to push forward and having to kind of like sweep it under the rug and be like, hey, he gone. We got we got to move forward. And we, right. you know, we moved several different places. and We really never got to process that until we were older, you know, and yeah. I start noticing that in, in my culture, you know, you start talking to people. Yeah, my dad left a while ago. Anybody worried about that? Well, how did that make you feel? And how's that affecting you present day? You know. And, and now you're talking about inner child talk about stuff, that. inner child and reparenting. Yeah, I don't know if this is an episode we want to dive into. That we, we, we're, we're like, not. I like to talk about that. But the thing is, certain times I think people, especially in African American culture, are indifferent about a lot of things that other people call traumatic. Yeah, you, you have you have sessions with people, and you like this and that. Your father went to prison. Your mother stabbed your father. Yeah, but that back then, I ain't worried about none of that. It, it is traumatic, though, look at, whether you call it that or not. Right, but look at your unmanageability right now. You know, there's some things coming up that I'm seeing with you that that, that are definitely um, some of the offspring of those things. You know what I mean? They all kind of go hand in hand. So, Absolutely. It does matter. So I think that, like, for both of you guys, you guys touched on a couple of things that I agree with, um, like, you know, one, cultivating mindfulness, you know, two, acknowledging your feelings, and then also three, learning and growth. I think that for a lot of us, like when it comes to, you know, with anything, the first step to addressing, to, to getting past anything is to, it is, is to acknowledge that it's a problem. Acknowledge that certain things make you feel a certain type of way, because that's the only way, one, that you can develop some semblance of mindfulness and not allow it to quagmire you and, and not allow it to get you stuck, you right. know, because the whole point of our existence as human beings is to always progress forward. Now you learn from the past, you know, but you can't reside in the past. Mm-hmm. And so you definitely can pull things from your past to make sure that you don't continue to find yourself in that same space as you were previously. But for some of us, you know, the hindrance to that is that failure to acknowledge that I feel some type of way as Khalil alluded to. I think that for especially you see that a lot of a lot of that, especially when it comes to us as males, where we're programmed from a very early age to be not the most the most emotional. You know, you know, men don't cry. You know, men, men are taught to be strong and taught to be super masculine and taught to just, you know, for lack of a better word, thug it out. And so the problem with just thugging it out and not addressing your feelings and just pretending they don't exist is one of two things happens. One, you become emotionally dead. So when you experience things and you are a part of a a relationship or interaction with other people, you will not be able to be emotionally supported for them when they are experiencing trauma. Or two, you have developed these maladaptive coping mechanisms that mm-hmm. do not mm-hmm. serve you and allow you to be able to express your anger in a healthy, well, not way. your anger, but your emotions in a healthy way. And right. for a lot of us, again, not having that mindfulness to recognize, like, I gotta, I gotta, I got to, to move forward. What, and I what got to happening now. 
I think that's the principle of mindfulness. What is happening, happening now? right now? Mm-hmm. How is this shaping me? Mm-hmm. And how do I want to proceed? That mm-hmm. is the key of mindfulness. Mm-hmm. I think more than just emotional death, I think it's more of like an emotional management atrophy, right? If yep. you think about your muscles, if you don't use them, they will actually, they'll get smaller. They, they won't have the function that they- And they get, you get weaker. Right, you get weaker. And so when you think of emotion, emotional atrophy, then I, I, I'm no longer able to show up in the space in a way that's going to facilitate health facilitate mm. mobility right because our muscles are there to help us move and so so same with our emotions when we understand what the emotions are for our emotions are the brain's way of regulating what the body is feeling and how the body right. should respond but if my emotions are dysregulated then i am no longer showing up in the space where i'm able to facilitate the behavior that perpetuates continual Momentum. Right. Right. Absolutely. I'm weak in that scenario. Mm-hmm. I fall into a puddle. Raj used to always get on me because he's like, you are such a crybaby. And mm-hmm. what he, respectfully, I think he yeah. could say that because he'd seen me in different seasons. Mm-hmm. And so I would cry because for a time period, because I was so strong, I wore the moniker that my only options were crying and strength. I was dysregulated because there were times when I needed to sit in the space and process my feelings. But I viewed that as a sign of weakness because I don't have time to do that. Which with the buildup of my emotional atrophy, then when I would finally cry, I was in a weakened state. Mm -hmm. I was not in a state of momentum. I was not in a state of processing. I wasn't in, I did not have the ability at that point to even regulate my tears. It was an overwhelming emotional response to what I was going through. Fast forwarding to years later, when I had developed some sort of emotional regulation, now I'm able to come to a space where I'm able to say, okay, what is my body feeling in this moment? And how do I get back to a space of forward momentum? Mm-hmm. What that I want to do next? And sometimes right. that next step is just to sit and allow myself to recalibrate, to say, okay, yep. you've been attacked. And right now I want to respond in a way that may end up being harmful, but I'm going to choose something that's going to allow me to be able to get up and to move when I'm ready to. I, mm-hmm. If I break my leg today, it'll hurt. I'll probably cry, but my body will be doing things that says right now it does not have the capability to move in the way that it always has. So I need to send things to it. My brain is going to send signals throughout my body to say, okay, we need to send different blood cells, different, um, I need, my neurons are going to be firing to kind of control. It's going to be sending things to my pain receptors to say, okay, this is not mobile in the way that it used to be. But as I give myself time to rest, then my body will send new messages and say, you should be able to do this. Mm-hmm. That's why when people have missing limbs or they have an inability of their limbs, it's they can still have feelings from their brain because the brain says, right. it should be able to do this. Enough time has should have passed 
they should be able to, they move should be able to do it. Then they get the phantom right. limb syndrome and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. Right. They get the, the random nerve firing mm -hmm. in the leg that is paralyzed because the brain is saying, you should have been over this. You should, right. there should be movement here. Our emotions are the exact same way. When we give ourselves an adequate time to really rest and recuperate, the brain, if healthy, if you put these things in there, it will be able to tell you, okay, let's progress. Let's navigate to the next part of this healing journey. You have what you need to get up. You have what you need to take the next step. But you've got to create a safe environment for the brain to do what it naturally does. Right. And see, you said something right there that I really liked, and that was, you know, balancing, you know, rest. And, you know, even with balancing rest, you know, I think that it's important that a person take the time to not push too hard too fast, because pushing too hard too fast too soon um, can impede the healing process. If It's no different than if you're if you're recovering from a, a major leg break, trying to walk or trying to run too fast could could re-aggravate re the injury or make it worse. And right. I think that for a lot of us, what we tend to do is we tend to you know, not move in a, in a healthy way where I experienced this. Okay. I should be over it by now. And by not, and by not taking the proper time to heal and rushing to rushing back too quickly, it doesn't always benefit us in the best way. It doesn't always allow us to come back at our best. And you see that a lot with athletes where mm -hmm. an athlete will have a major injury and they, the team needs them to win. Or if the team needs them to win, uh, the championship is on the line and you'll see somebody come back way too soon when they shouldn't have and they go out there and they injure themselves even worse than they than they were previously. And I mean, yeah, for, for me, I'll say this, like when it comes to, you know, just taking a knee, because even like my friend, uh, one of my friends, uh, his father passed away. And so his father passed away. And, you know, he and I, we, we you know, we've known each other now for going on a, almost almost 10 years now, five, six years now. And so, you know, he was talking to me about it and he was just like, you know, I just need to take a break. And mm -hmm. so, you know, he, you know, started going through the process of being able to take that break, being able to take that knee because his mom was all over the place. His heart wasn't in what we were doing. Um, he just had so many different things that were just going on in his life. I just don't have the mental capacity or the mental bandwidth to be able to address every facet of, of that's going on right now. So I, I need to be able to take a knee, take a timeout. I'll come back, but I just need to take a knee. And I mean, like he and I had that conversation. I told him, I said, that's, that's probably the best, that's probably the best, the best course of action for you at this time. Mm -hmm. You know, because, you know, like I told him, you know, it doesn't make you weaker. It doesn't make you less than. It doesn't mean that you're soft because you said you're prioritizing your peace and your your mental and emotional stability over whatever it is that we have going on. Like people who people and I, and I will say this all the time, people who really matter will not mind those mm -hmm. people who mind. They don't they don't they should never matter, you know, so if you have to take the time, however long it may take to be able to get you together to be the best version of yourself. Take that time. If, if it's a day, if it's a week, if it's a year, if it's multiple years, take that time. Because I mean, I'd rather, and I tell, I tell my coworkers this all the time at work, it's better to do too much than not enough. Right. And nobody ever going to tell you 
you know, hey, you're doing too much in regards to taking the time to be the best version of yourself, because I would rather have the best version of you than have a diet version of you. I mean, when you think of like sodas, for example, I only drink diet sodas, but most people don't drink diet sodas because they prefer the full on flavor of the regular soda. The taste of aspartame. That's basically the thing. But the thing is, you know, like I said before, there's a distinct taste difference. There's a distinct quality difference in in regards to the drink. I mean, it's no different than if you drink uh, a non-alcoholic margarita versus an alcoholic margarita. It's going to be a taste difference. It hit different. And so when you think of yourself being healed and and, and completely made it to the other side of recovery versus while you're still or not not healed, you, the, the two uses are two different quality of product. And I think that for a lot of us, like I said, you know, taking that time and, and just being able to, you know, give ourselves that grace and mercy is what will allow you to be the best version of yourself. I mean, I, I never go ahead. No, no, go ahead. You finish. I think that for some of us, you know, setting, you know, being able to celebrate the progress that we make. Um, because again, like when you go through an event, regardless of what it is, like, I remember, like, I've talked about this several times on here about how I watched the country Wayne skits. And so there was a skit where one of the characters, he and his wife are going through a divorce. She was unfaithful and he's like, Hey, I can't, he found out they going through a divorce. And so he's in therapy for it. So he's in therapy for it. And He's talking about it. He's explaining to the therapist how he's feeling, why he's feeling the way that he's feeling, all these different emotions he's experiencing. And the thing about it, though, is like for like Unique, Unique has alluded to this on on several episodes before, too. Like going through something as traumatic as the ending, the ending of a marriage. I mean, for some people, that's the equivalent to someone dying. Mm -hmm. And people don't really understand, like. You, you like when you like most people I, now, I can't speak for everybody, but most people, when they get married, I would assume that you're not going into the marriage thinking we're going to we're going to get divorced. Most people are thinking and we take these vows. We go, we go. Yeah, we I ain't dating nobody else. I'm not getting back. I'm not going to be out here in these streets looking for nobody else. You was it and I'm it for you. That's just what it is. And so for you to have to come to grips with. My wife was unfaithful to me. And then the fact that my marriage is over with, this is a person I thought I was going to die with. We have a child together and we're not, we're not going to be a family anymore. Like being able to be able to say that out loud, you could see how that impacted him. Mm -hmm. Being able to unpack those emotions and being able to say it out loud, unpack the emotions. And then for his therapist to be there to, you know, as Unique likes to say, be in that space with him, sit in that space with him, you know, and be able to, you know, be that anchor. Because I mean, like when you're going through something traumatic like that, it's like you're caught in a storm. You're just flying all over the place. And for her to keep him emotionally grounded in, in that space, to be able to allow him to unpack and unburden himself with those emotions and those feelings, but still not get caught off, get caught up and sucked off into the, into the storm. I mean, to me, a lot of us, I feel like a lot of us don't do that enough. A lot of us don't do that enough. And because we don't do that enough, we, we find ourselves stuck in a spot, you know, where I'm not, I'm not going forward, but I'm also not going backwards. I'm just stuck in the same spot. And exactly. Vulnerable for, Mm -hmm. for an attack. Mm-hmm. Uh, a sitting target is easier to hit than a moving one. 
Absolutely. Right. I was just about to say that. And so regardless, if you're taking one step, two steps, three steps, or a half a step, progress is progress. And I tell my clients that all the time. It, I'm not right. expecting you to be a brand new person tomorrow or the day after that or day after that. No, any progress this way, instead of going this way, or instead of just staying right here in the center, is progress is worth celebrating. And I think that for a lot of us, we have to set, we have to celebrate the small things, you know, hump the good stuff as one of my coworkers used to say. Yeah, mm -hmm. I think even because we're talking about sitting in process, sitting in and processing a loss, but I also think it's important to take a break before there is damage done. Mm -hmm. um, this year is my first year taking a break as a therapist um, and taking a vacation. I am not one who takes vacations. I call them the little holidays. I work all of the little holidays, labor days, like I work them. Not because I had to, it's just like It's because she likes money. money. She out here she out here rich. You you heard what I said. It's a good day to make money. It's I a good day to make money, but you mean every day you're awake is a good day to make money. That's okay? right. But I told myself, I said, well, how good is the money if I'm too tired to enjoy it, if I'm not right. able to show up for my family? And right. so this year, yeah, this year, nothing's wrong. The business is great. I've not had any awe-defining come-to-Jesus moments. My clients are well. But I said, I'm taking a break. In order to be the most effective version of me, I needed time to just sit and do nothing, to really mm -hmm. reflect on the year that I've had, to strategize on what I can do to improve. Excuse me. And that, that's something that I cannot do when I'm serving other people. I, I right. need quiet time to do that. I think we don't always, what Raj was talking about, I don't think that we always give enough space to the quiet time. In therapy, we learn that Quiet is not the enemy. That right. is where people do their greatest work. And, and don't be afraid. They teach us not to be afraid of the silence because it's in the silence that people get their awakening. They get their aha moments. They find out the catalyst for their healing when they just are able to sit quietly. And so I don't think that that always has to come at a bad place. I right. think in your marriage, there needs to be time as a spouse where you take maybe a day to yourself. Where you just say, I'm going to take some quiet time to process how am I feeling in this space? How is this marriage working out for me? What do I like about it? Do I feel like this person? Do I like the person I'm becoming in my marriage, right? At the job, take the time off. If you have PTO, take all of Use it. it. Use it. Use every single PTO day that you have available. Every year, you should end the year with zero. Unless it rolls well, over, end well, it with a zero. I work with people, and I'm like, "How you got a hundred hours of PTO? I can't even. I, I don't understand how they do it." That that was me. That was me. Mm -hmm. Because I was, I'm of the notion of every day is a good day to make money. Right. But I'm, I'm now. I've, I've evolved and learned that it is better. Right, I I am more wealthy, not monetarily, 
but more and it does it does benefit me monetarily but i'm more wealthy when i am well right and i am well when i am properly rested right. when i give myself time to process my emotions my thoughts my feelings reflect on what went well i do a, i've planned a lot of events in my life i love planning events and so as as a logistics person the project is the project is important but the debrief is just as important as the project right anytime i've gone through a loss i give myself time to debrief anytime i've done any big transition in my life i am now giving myself time to debrief what did i like about it how did that feel what went well what didn't go well um what would i have done differently next time that might be the scientist in me I also think that just how my log- the logistics of my brain works. Well, I want to know how to get the best results possible the very next time I have to do that. Well, Unique, I love the fact that you're, um, you and RJ were both speaking to the fact that it's okay to take time for yourself. That's still self-care, however you want to break it down, right? Um, the funniest thing is that people, like I- I'm going to compare people to cars. Uh, let's use that metaphor. People get to running in this uh-huh. life. Get to running, and and I'm I'm I, RJ knows I move fast. I yeah, move fast. I stop sometimes. I, right? I, I I used to have to tell him stop, stop. Let's stop and let's stop and think about what it is that we're doing and let's <laughs> stop sit, and let's listen because I I think I can do everything in one day. Um and and so my mom uh, she always quotes my grandmother. My grandmother used to be like. Lil, before you leave the store, you need to check to see you had everything before we exit the store. I got to use stopping checks because I'm so ADD. I'm boom, 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 boom. And she'd be like, got your hat, you got your wallet, got the keys, you know. And so she would slow me down. And my mom brings that up all the time for me because I run so much. And so when I meet people like myself and I'm like, you've just been going. And, and they've been going for a month straight, 30 days, nonstop. Go, 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 go. It's just like a car. You ain't get that oil change. That car is going to break down. Yeah. Absolutely. That's what I think. No matter how good it was running, when it was running. Eight. It don't matter. And, and I know I'm one of those people. Everybody has assets. You know what I'm saying? And, and yours might be your high energy. You do a lot. If you don't take time for yourself, you're going to break down. Um, and then you're also not being mindful. That is one reason why I had to slow it down. I need to assess what's going on. I, I need to know what how I feel about certain things. I need to know what's going on in my body, what's going on in my mind. Because, you know, as a threefold creature, you know, spiritual, mental, emotional, physical, I have all these things in my being. I need to assess all of them. I need mm-hmm. to sit down sometimes and take a break. And I love being a people person. I want to check out this person's doing. I want to call this person. Then all of a sudden, I'm spreading myself thin. And I, I can't respond to everybody the way I'd like to because I haven't taken taken the time for me to take some personal me time. So well, that self care that you're talking about, I feel it. Well, I mean, the, the thing about that though is like, how effective could you be if you're firing on all cylinders versus when you're firing yeah. at fifty percent? Right. You know, especially for for those of us who have real world responsibilities. You know, it it hits differently when you're responsible to when you're responsible for people, when you are a parent and you're not operating at your best. Who's who's paying for that? Your right, kids right, are. Right. Your kids are. 
because you're not operating in the space. You're not operating at your best at, at your best. And so there's going to be things, like you said, there's going to be things that you miss because you're not the best version of yourself. There's going to be things mm -hmm. you forget or things you didn't, you weren't looking for, or you completely overlooked because you weren't operating at, the, at your best. Mm -hmm. And so when the, 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 the crux of this, of this particular topic is allowing yourself to be the best version of yourself. Mm -hmm. Self-care is not selfish, you know, mm -hmm. and people... Can we Self care is not getting your nails done and taking fancy trips and um, yeah, it's it's not it's not like we we've in in the social media this social media age we have we have commercialized so many terms and made them into things that they're not you know we've made self care huh. Those are self indulgences yeah but it's not but it's not self care and I mean. To, to me, like I said, we, we've commercialized these terms and, and we have people using them incorrectly. And I mean, you know, taking the time when you have made it through to the other side of something that you have that may cause you to take a knee or, or sit down. It's like taking a punch to the face. Like I was watching the UFC pay-per-view last night. Guy ate an overhand right. He was he was asleep. He was asleep. I'm talking about he didn't get up for a few minutes off of one punch. And so... Sometimes in life, you take a punch that you don't see that right. sleeps you where you're snoring or you got to mm -hmm. you got to sit down or you're sometimes like seeing, you know, like in the cartoons where you're seeing things circle your head or your vision becomes doubled. You know, being able to sit down and be able to gather yourself for a few minutes or a day or a couple of days or a year or a week, however long it takes you, you know, again, it's necessary. It's necessary before you go out here and cause more harm to not only yourself, but also the people around you. Because the thing is that we, we'll, yeah, because you don't have any insight. And I mean, I I talked about this in, in, you know, in some of our earlier episodes about sphere of influence. When you, there's a bubble, an invisible bubble around all of us. The things that you do as you come close to people the things that you, and you spend enough time with people, the things that you say and do start to impact them and the things that they say and do start to impact you. There are terms that I use because because I've spent so much time with Unique, I picked up on those terms. Right. There are things that Khalil says that because I've spent a lot of time with him, I picked up on saying those same things or I, or I do something because I see him do it. And so subconsciously, it's not even something I, oh, I seen Khalil do it, so I'm going to do it this way. Or I seen Unique, you know, I've seen Unique do this, so I'm going to do it. No, it just subconsciously. He do that though, he like he thinks I'm an amazing person. Yep, I yeah, I sure do. Yes. I sure do. So, but you know, when when we are when we are doing things or moving in a space that is maladaptive or or not conducive to the best version of ourselves, we will impact other people. And what a lot of people, and I know this may sound cliche, but hurt people hurt people. Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of, and I had this conversation with one of my huh. People as well. Exactly, because people will see you healed, and they'll see that. And I had this conversation with my coworker just last week about going to church. So you know, she was excited to tell me she, you know, she's you know been going going back to church. How how things have kind of started to align for her since she started going to church, and she was just like, it wasn't until like you would talk to me about going to church, and I'm just like, oh, I'll go to church when I, you know when I got time. She always had an excuse why she couldn't go. But she was like, it wasn't until I started to see things kind of like line up for you. It was like everything you touched, it was like, it was just hitting. She was like that it made me like, if that can happen for him, it can happen for me. 
So mm-hmm. it made her, okay, I'm going to give this a try. So I'm going to start going to church consistently, see what happens. And so she started doing that. And then things started happening for her. And she was excited to come tell me about that. So mm-hmm. for, for a lot of us, a lot of, we don't realize like the impact that we can have on those around us when we're interacting with them, how certain doors will open and we will teach people how to be better by moving better. And so when you are taking the time to kind of Rusa, take a break, you know, and I tell people this all the time. I used to tell this to one of my case managers. Taking a break to realign. Yeah, to realign and reassess and recalibrate. I had to tell I had to tell one of my um, case managers, one of Khalil's schoolmates, all, uh, when she when she was working for me. Everything doesn't require a response. People can say mm-hmm. stuff to you, and it may move your spirit. The the demon spirit inside you on demon time now, and you want to respond, but you don't. Can I, can I can I raise your bet? Everything doesn't require reaction. reaction. Exactly. Right. A response is a choice. Yeah. So even if I choose not, I can always choose not to react or react. Right. Mm-hmm. I, it's not, I'm responding to you. So I Absolutely. You I'm just raising your bet. Right. right. Absolutely. And 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 it wasn't until like she would experience certain things, and she was like, in the back of my mind, she's like, I just kept hearing you tell me everything don't require a response. Everything don't require a response. She said, I want to respond. She said, I want, oh, I wanted to. But I recognized like they were trying to bait me. And because they were trying to bait me and I didn't give them what they wanted, they got mad instead of me being mad. And so think about it. People, when people know you're reactive, they can push a button. That means that they they control what's going on every time. Look what and you doing, people are doing to the basketball player, um, um, uh, Green. What's his name? Draymond Green. Oh. It's like it's like a setup now. I'm like, oh, 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 oh boy, about to get I'm thrown out. Hit. Yep. I'm trying to get by Draymond. Hey, I'm trying to get hit I on think, purpose. I think one of the things that really snapped everything what you're saying into focus, Raj, is when I lost my first baby. Mm-hmm. I. It was like a, it was a punch to the gut. Like it, mm-hmm. if somebody could have taken a win from me, that would have been it. But it wasn't a one day thing. And the the more I fought against what had happened, the more I felt myself just slipping so much so that my dad, I'm gonna try to say without getting emotional, but he was like, um, I don't need you to be okay for me. I need you to be okay for you because we need you. And I mean, I was driving to work, doing mental health with people. I couldn't tell you how I got there. The only reason I had on kind of decent clothes was because we wore scrubs. Mm-hmm. And scrubs have tons of colors in them. So I would just grab things. But I couldn't tell you how much I ate. I couldn't tell you basic hygiene stuff. I think I was showering. And that might sound gross to some people, but I, I couldn't tell you if I did these things. And it wasn't until he just looked me in my eyes and said, you're not okay, but I need you to be, because I need you. That really helped me to like snap back into it that something is wrong. Mm-hmm. Something is really wrong. You, know, you have to stop. And, um, I had a boss that said, if you don't get help, you can't work here. Wow. I said, what do you mean? I'm an excellent therapist. I get people requesting my caseload. Like, 
I have a group right now that people will not attend unless I teach it. She said, because you won't deal with it. You have to deal with the fact that you lost your baby. Mm -hmm. And it took, it took some very hard hitting up my head against some very hard brick wall for me to say, you were hurt, girl. And mm -hmm. it wasn't because I wasn't hurting. I just didn't want to admit that I was in pain. I didn't know how to be in pain. I didn't know how to navigate the space in a way that allowed me to be vulnerable and need something that was outside of me. And so in that space, I remember that was probably my first time. No, it wasn't my first time going to therapy, but that was the time when I was pretty much forced to go to therapy. And um, the therapist told me, her name was Sarah. I don't think I'll ever forget her name. Sarah said, you need to spend so much time giving everything to everybody else and your emotional bucks, you're depleted. You're in the negative. Mm -hmm. And it was in that time I said, I didn't realize how much I gave to everybody else for everything else. And I said, Nick, you have, she says, never again. You're in a space where you're in full-blown crisis and you can't even see it because you're so focused on what everybody else needs. Right. And so I had to just realize there will be times in your life where you have to literally deposit money back into your bank. So that you're not in debt. You're not in the negative. I tell my clients all the time. If you do life with people. You will make deposits. That is not optional. When you do life with people. You have to deposit something into them. But you cannot do that. If your bank account is negative. Right. I was used to existing. From a borrowing. I was used to borrowing money. From mm -hmm. things that I and I, I placed my value in that. But it wasn't until I lost something that was very valuable to me. And it wasn't who I was having a child with. I, I wanted to be a mom. And mm -hmm. so I, it wasn't until that that really woke me up to say, you can never let yourself get to that place ever again. You have to reserve some for you. You have to. You can't give away your cup. You cannot deplete your emotional bank. You gotta do things that are gonna keep unique functioning because you are valued, not because of what you do, not because of what you can provide, because of who you are. And so for the person out there, give yourself permission to reassess your value. Mm -hmm. Work through it. It's hard. It is uncomfortable. That was one of the most uncomfortable times in my life. I was depressed. I was suicidal a lot of the times. I just didn't want to wake up. But I had to reassess why I was on the earth. I had to say my 10 toes are necessary in this space. It sucks to be in this space, but I'm needed here. So when you are going through that difficult, challenging time, get people in your corner who want you there because they just like you. Right. Not what you do. Right. They just like you being, you breathing their same air, you sharing that space. Somebody who's going to ask something simple like, did you brush your teeth today? Did you have a meal today? Hey, you need me to come over and wash clothes with you. You folded clothes today. Is that a different shirt? And you not get offended by it. Everybody couldn't tell me that. It right. was certain right. people who would be like, 
your hair needs to get done. You haven't done your hair, and that's not like you. Mm-hmm. And so that's necessary. You're not always going to be able to have that insight. Having people who know and love you to tell you, hey, you slipping, and I'm only telling you this because I don't want you to slip further is necessary. Right. And you guys talked about it earlier, having someone who's going to sit in that space with you, mm-hmm. who's going to actually help ground you. Um, yeah. I believe that's what you said, RJ, that mm-hmm. grounding is just like the electrical properties, right? They'll have it go to a ground wire, right? To have it be some, somewhere safe that, that puts it flat in the earth. Mm-hmm. It can be amazing what people can do for other people. Um, and, and just sitting there quiet with, quietly with you, sitting in that space, and it is uncomfortable. It is. I'm a therapist. I have to sit people with that face all the time. I don't. It's, it's uncomfortable. But that quietness, there's healing in that. By just by me being there, sometimes just by me listening, sometimes I don't even have to. I offer suggestions. You know, I might tell you to do some self care, but literally, I don't have to say anything. I just sit in that space with them, and there's healing. Mm-hmm. Or just like what you, you and you, uh, I know RJ always says that you need to just say, check on somebody. Mm-hmm. Tap in with them. I mean, I think that for what 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 you guys are both talking about, I think that, you know, and this is something that, you know, our colleagues, a lot of us struggle with this of being okay, not being okay. Right. You know, because we are supposed to be the helpers, we don't always know how to ask for help. We don't always speak on the fact that I'm going through whatever it is I'm going through. Like there are certain things, and I always talk about this with uh, like my my coworkers and even, you know, some other people I come in contact with. People like, how do you know these things? Because I watch people. And when I watch people, I can read, I can pick up certain, you know, certain things off of you that you may not, you may or may not want me to say out loud. So, because sometimes it can be a little embarrassing. And people will ask me, how do you know that? Because I watch people because I'm tapped in with you. And so for, for, you know, like some of my coworkers, I could tell when they're off. I could tell when they're off because like some people, they dress the way they feel. So when they feel in themselves, boy, they wearing the most, they wearing the most, you know, craziest colors and different things like that. And when they're not feeling themselves, they tend to dress a different color. And so like, I remember one particular coworker, I, you know, I asked her, are you okay? And she's trying to play like she was. And I'm like, no, you're, you know, she, oh yeah, I'm fine. No, you're not. Well, how you know I'm not fine? I said, because you're not dressing yourself. You're not dressing like you normally do. I said, normally you got the most rambunctious colors. So you ain't, that ain't you today. So, I mean, we closed the door and we sat down and had a conversation. And I mean, the thing about it though, was it, like I explained to her, it's not about me saying what I'm saying. It's not to be in your business. It's not to be in your business. It's not trying to overstep. It's not because um, I'm trying to tell you what to do. Like, cause for me, King Lazy right here, you know, baby, I don't speak on nothing I don't care about. So if I'm saying something to you, I'm speaking on exactly. You know, if I, if I, if I, if I don't, if I don't, if I don't care about you, if, you know, if I'm not, if I don't, if my spirit ain't moved by it, I'm not speaking on it. So me taking the time to ask, are you okay? And, and be tapped in with you as a provider. I recognize that you're not okay. And for a lot of us, sometimes as providers, we forget that we forget that we're human, just like everyone else did. We bleed just like everyone else bleed. We cry. We feel emotions. We go through the things that we go through. Just like everyone else does, we get so spun up, like Unique said, pouring into everyone else's cup, and then our cup is dry, mm-hmm. and not really taking the time to replenish our cup. 
because you can't pour from something that that there's that there's nothing in there. And so for for a lot of us, I'm glad she said that, you know, because for a lot of us, we get so caught up in taking care of other people that we don't take care of ourselves. And that is where when you are taking the time to heal, that is what that is. That is taking the time to take care of yourself. Because my mom used to say this when I was a kid, ain't nobody going to take care of your stuff better than you take care of your stuff. And so who better to, to, to take care of you than you? Sometimes you may have to, and I know I said this earlier about self-care is not selfish. Sometimes you got to be selfish and you got to say in this moment, in this second, I got to put me first. I got to make me a priority. But for a lot of us, especially when we do that all the time, yeah, 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 all the time, a lot of us in your life should be you. And I mean, the, I think that for a lot of us who are leaders, who manage, who are managers, or who are in this space of, of, of taking care of other people, we sometimes forget that, that one of the most, the, one of the most important, if not the most important to take care of is you, is yeah. absolutely you. And so we will, we will run ourselves ragged, chasing behind other people and taking care of other people, making sure everyone else is good. And then we're not making sure ourselves are good. And so for me, if I, if I, if I, if I care about you, if I fucks with you seriously, I'm going to make, if, if I'm going to make sure you're good, I'm always going to make sure you're good. Especially when I recognize you're not taking care of yourself. I'm always going to make sure you're good because, because like if my, if my community's not good, I'm affected. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm not moving right. like I should be because somebody in my proximity is hurting. So I gotta make sure you're good because in me making sure you're good, that means I'm gonna be good. Mm-hmm. If I gotta make some space, I gotta hold some space for somebody emotionally, mentally. All right, bet. Yeah, let's get this conversation ahead. Let's talk about it. Let's, let's talk about it. Out. Let's, right. Let's. Who we mad at? We gonna be mad together for a little bit. <laughs> that was that, right. Yeah, you damn all right. They were stupid. You know how many times. I got on the phone with Raj fussing somebody out, and I'd be like, "That's some idiot." Right, never heard of him. I never and really never will meet him. Never will. <laughs> but they was idiots. You did right. was dumb right. I don't know what. Yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. But I'm a I'm a had that conversation because I want people to understand I rocks with you. And mm-hmm. one of our episodes, we celebrated Khalil getting his license. Like, Khalil is one of my new bros, right? I, he, he knew in the family, not new to me. He's not new to Raja, right? Right, But right. his wins are my wins. His mm-hmm. losses, if he want to get on here yeah, we, and talk we all about, coming up. Yeah, if you want to get on here and talk about a devastation in his family, it's hurting me as if it were my family because, yo, what you mean? Not good. What you mean? Now, now I'm affected. So it is persons. It is selfish. You being well is selfish for me because I got personal reasons. Yeah. Right? My best friend told me you can't die because who am I gonna call? She said, "Yes, it sounds selfish." Right. It sounds selfish. But absolutely. Why would you think you was gonna leave me because then who I'm gonna call to talk about people to? Right. She said we just won't have to die together. I was like, what in the world? She said. We definitely just won't have to because that's selfish of you to think you was going to leave me on earth by myself. I was like, you know what? I get it. So, yeah, man, it's self-care. 
helps you it's others care yeah. i don't guess I can they're they're intrinsically they're intrinsically myself. you know entwined with one another right right you can't say you care about somebody else if you ain't care for you right mm-hmm. if i'm hungry i ain't cooking the best meal i cook Thank my you. best meals when i'm full mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i ain't starving because when i'm starving i'm irritable i'm trying to make something fast and my family could taste the difference but baby don't let me get a little appetizer eat a little bowl of cereal don't let me eat a little chips before i cook dinner okay while i'm cooking dinner don't let me eat a snack while i'm cooking dinner baby i'm tired on that meal my family is like, are you done cooking it yet? No, baby. I, I'm adding all of the details. And all when the they pictures sit down, and everything in there. Honey, right. when they sit down, they said, first of all, this is way too much food to eat at 8 o'clock. Right, right. Okay. Way too much. Once you hit 8 or 9 o'clock, there's like a, a line you have to draw. Like, once I eat at 9, I'm sleep eating. I'll be making them Sunday dinners on right. a Wednesday at 8. Okay? Because I'm in the mood. Mm-hmm. But you know, when I ain't in the mood, baby, everybody can get some oodles and noodles, ramen, however you call it. Everybody can get what you can, a bowl of cereal. But look, I like what y'all are get speaking to. I like what y'all are speaking to because, um, especially in the helping profession, regardless of what you do, doctor, nurse, uh, clinician, whatever you do, right? Um, you're mm-hmm. constantly pouring out, you're constantly investing your time in other people. And But I like what you're saying because if I'm right, okay, then the people around me are going to be right. The people mm-hmm. in my sphere of influence are going to be right. People are going to benefit when I'm right. All right. And uh, when when you're right, I'll be able to benefit when you're right. You get mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And, and in turn, the same thing goes for us. So, and that's how we're supposed to work in community. Because like she just said, if I'm starving, I can't cook you a meal. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? If I'm hungry, I'm a cook. Right? You got to think about those things in our, in our community and how what, what type of time we're investing yeah, I need to sit with you in that space right now. Mm-hmm. I need to help feed you in that space right now. Mm-hmm. So we treat you well because guess what? You're a productive member of this community. You know, I'm, I'm starting to get it. And, and you know, the older I get, you start seeing it. When I didn't have connection with a community, I didn't have good people around me. Man, you'll, you'll sit there starving by yourself with nobody, you know, and, and that's you're cutting yourself off. Yeah, right. It, you're cutting yourself off you know that's why people be like oh i'm solid i'm i'm fine by myself no you're not i don't <laughs> want to hear that we're not you meant mean, to be by ourselves not meant to I, be you like you know that. how they say oh okay, okay it's lonely at the top right it doesn't have to be nope if it I doesn't and i started oh. something now that's not to say you won't be able to keep all the same people because you won't no you everybody's won't. not meant to the top now yeah everybody's not you can't top, keep a uh, little little pookie from the bus stop. He, I don't know if he gonna run with you yeah. on this. Listen, I don't listen, know. Uh, little I'm pookie from before, the bus stop. Everybody doesn't have the same level of clearance, right? Right. People who people who get to come on the first rung of that bad boy, they ain't making it to the top floor of the building. Okay. Some mm-hmm. people need card access. Some people need security clearance. But there are certain people in my my network who they've got top security clearance and then mm-hmm. anything i'm doing oh they're there they're a part of it and i'm trying to tell them what do you do? why you don't have this yet right what is going on in your life that you can't get this because you need to get this i became an entrepreneur and i'm like 
all my friends who are on top, top security, hey, what, you need to level up. Even if you work a nine to five, you can still do that. But I'm going to need you to have some off days in the middle of the week. You need, that's not how nine to five works. You need to figure out how to make that work. That because detail? there are things I'm trying to talk to you about during the middle of the day that Just I randomly. Random, she can't. But I bother RJ in the middle. We, I, be, I call him from work. I'll be like, hey, remember that place we needed uh, to do a referral to? RJ be like, what? I'm, I'm, I'm talking business at the middle. It's it's 11.45 a.m. And I want to talk business. I, we, we've talked. The people in my community, they always talk about I'm rich. But she is. Knowledge that I have, Don't these guys make. have access to it. You need. How do you do this? How did you I'll get that? How you do you out shortly? I'll be pressing you out shortly. I'm trying Look, to get licensed any, to bond it, baby. What's up? Anything that my community needs is accessible, yes. no cost. I feel like once I've got it, baby, we all got it. Right. You, there is no barrier to the information because. You're you're part of my team, so why why wouldn't you have it? Why wouldn't you have access to it? it but that's but that took it took some long nights. It took me doing some different, rocking a little different for a little bit, right? Sometimes I was literally not talking. Even now, there are things I got going on with the business that these guys they don't all have access to. It's not because I don't want them to. It's because it's in a growing phase. I right. got some stuff cooking up in the kitchen. But when it's time to eat, baby, we're all eating. When I put them plates on the table, oh, y'all getting this, whether you like it or not. Okay. Because I still want you in my life. So either you come up or you get left. And most of the time, the people who I have in my inner circle, they ain't getting left. So they step up. They're trying to move up. Yeah. So. I mean, when it comes to these riches, y'all fellas know what's what. I don't know why y'all playing humble, though, because they <laughs> like to always talk about it's a good day to make money for me, but these are several job-having jokers over there. I, I'm not gonna, I ain't going to tell nobody's business over here, but we got people who like rolling up on like retirement and stuff with their careers. But yeah, that, that hey, that's Raja. Raja have been uh working for a pretty long I, time I, and been in the military. I don't want to say that. I don't want to say that, sir. I don't know what he. Yeah, I'm broke. I'm poor. Don't listen to that. I'm destitute. I'm poor over here. I'm poor. I'm poor over here. So I need. I need. I'm taking donations. People about to be collecting like a pension or whatever. Need some extra like. We need y'all to promote I mean, these I'm, I'm trying to I'm listen, anybody that's listening to this, I'm looking for a sugar mom. Anytime, anytime, you know, help help your boy out. Help your boy okay. out. Take care he is, of me. He is single. He, he, take, take care of me. We'll sprinkle sugar right back. Let's not pretend, okay? We we right I you gonna I I'm gonna say this and I'm gonna say it with, with from my chest. I don't do broke friends. I heard a girl say that. I was like, yeah, I don't do broke friends. Broke friends require two. They're a liability, baby. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you know, a buddy of mine were talking about that, man, because like you bring up traveling or doing something, they'd be like, Where where you go? You did what? Yeah. <laughs> like, what do you mean? Like I you went out the country? 
Like, my oh, child ain't even a liability. My, yeah, my baby, she reminded yeah. me, my child ain't even a liability. She says, baby, I'm an asset. I can do things that other people might not right. want to do. I'm an asset. I can sweep this floor. If it comes with a check, baby, I can do it. Right. right. I can write my dogs off on my taxes, baby, as employees. Nothing. You gotta <laughs> have assets, okay? No liability. So we are going to end the conversation there. This is Try Not to Overthink It, Time It Out. I'm RJ. I'm Unique. And I'm Khalil. If you like what you saw, we ask that you stop by the YouTube channel, like, share, subscribe. Uh, we can be found on YouTube as Try Not to Overthink It. If you would prefer to listen to the episode instead of watch it, I don't know why you would because we are some very good looking people. Well, as a matter of fact, do both. Do both because it helps the algorithm on both. On, on both. So we need you to both watch and listen to the episode. But if you uh, you got if you got to listen to it, please uh, stop by either uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, pretty much everywhere you can find an audio file. We can be located as at the same name of Try Not to Overthink It. But this is us signing out, and we will catch you next time. Peace. Mm-hmm.